2: Jordan is, like, cousin to me, nephew to mum. My yeah. friend Emma's son. Known him forever. Do you know what? It's so funny. When I was younger, he always wanted to, like, be my friend. And I was like, oh, God, leave me alone. And then I was doing TV on the beach. And my mum's like, can you get Jordan tickets to TV on the beach? I was like, oh, God, all right. Fine. Like, didn't even say hi to him. Mm-hmm. My annoying mm-hmm. little cousin. And then he got famous in Rizzle Kicks. And I was all like, this is my cousin, Jordan. <laughs> I mean. And my mum was like, you're
0: such an arsehole.
2: Watching Jordan's ascent... It was actually a relief. Do you know what? It's interesting because there's like a few kids in the family, Makita, Jordan, Lily, Lily Allen. And you just, Mabel. oh, thank God, Mabel, thank God. Because what else were they ever going to do? Do you know what I mean? So like, what else could Jordan have done except what he's doing? The first time I went to see him do a gig was at Shepherds Bush Empire. And they did, and they were brilliant, him and Harley. They were really brilliant, That charismatic, vibey, handsome, all the stuff. And then he finished the tune and he started and then, Anyway, so I've been thinking, and I thought, oh, my God, he's got an audience. He's yeah. finally got an audience. So he got on the stage, and he just started chatting to this room full of rapt young girls. I mean, he could have literally been reading the phone book, and they would have be been like, oh, my God, he's so interesting. But it was just really lovely to see him in the place that he was supposed to be. I mean, he's just supposed to be doing it, isn't he? He's a natural-born performer. He's incredibly creative. I think it's been beautiful watching Jay evolve it from being a young pop star, let's be honest, into this person who has so many creative endeavors, writing, Acting. acting. Directing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really impressive. Poetry. Poetry. I'm so into the way Jordan encompasses all the different things that interest him yep. into what he puts into action. He's always like taking things in and then making something because of that. Yep. I find it really inspiring how Jordan's always doing something different. Yep. He's got a brilliant mind and he's got a sort of movable skill set. He applies what he does, it's very punk actually. Yeah. So you take the heart of something, your attitude, and you can apply it all over the place. Do you know what I mean? And that's what he does. And that's what he comes from, anyway. This is a market. Actually, there always has been talk for about twenty years about it possibly being shut down, taken oh, over. God. And I swear to God, I would. We- it would break my heart. Ridley's a proper big, fat, juicy market. It also runs through the end, so it's, it's like an artery. It's like a main yeah. artery in Philston. It's like leave it alone. Leave it alone. Look what they've done to Brixton Market. Don't be mucking mucking about. This it's just is really still five. You know, people are constantly asking me, and all the time these days, how can I? Um, uh, shop more effectively, how can I save money? It's like, come to the market. Go to your
0: market.
1: Go
2: to your local market. It's like, you can go down the market. Me and Nanny used to say this years ago, like when we were, like, really young and you guys were really little, and we'd have five quid and we could buy chicken wings and rice and salad and vegetables all for that, for, like, 20 people down the market. For a 5 And you try and go to the supermarket, five pounds will get you uh, halfway through the door. And this is important. Uh, Not to mention the fact that it's the fabric that ties everything together. You walk down Ridley Road on a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, you see everyone you need to see. We're gonna go see Fishman. Sutton and Sons. Here we go, fish. I love that they've just taken over. So when we first, when mum first moved to East, Sutton and Sons, they just had this, right, mum? And now they've got like actual <laughs> restaurants all over East, but it's still the same old school Sutton family. Danny and his family, they're the nicest people. We love them. We have everything. We've got vegetables from Ridley. Yeah. We got the tablecloths from Ridley. Yeah, we've been to Sutton and got the fish, and that's is that all we need? We're good to go. We're good to go. Let's go back. I'm ready. This is our bounty. Bounty. So we've got sea bass. We've got pumpkin, we've got Sampha, and we've got thyme. Scotch bonnet, fennel. Yeah, and then this is the stuff I'm gonna use to make the tea, Caribbean gold sea moss with a little bit of hibiscus. Which is sorrel. Sorrel. And we're gonna use another, this other nice sea moss I got. You literally cook up the sea moss, drain it. Usually you would do that and then you would, yeah, you would strain it, and then what is strained, you put, oh, I, I bathed it under the full moon's light for a little bit Little <laughs> <No> extra magic. <laughs> And, and then awesome. I was in the morning like, yeah, right. And I came back and it was just this perfect half-circle set gel. Is that because of the mood? Bit of a long thing, and obviously we don't have overnight. So I'm going to see what happens if I stir sea moss in the pot. Stir it up. So it's a bit of an experiment. Jordan doesn't drink alcohol, so I'm going to really make him a tea that's special. I've got this Neil's Yard Natural Remedies book. Hi, Welcome! Hello. Hi,
3: thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. You
2: too. Bye. Bye. As we said today, Jordan's coming round for dinner. Yeah. Cousin, nephew, extraordinaire. Yeah. And he's brought his beautiful friend. Thank you for coming.
4: Aisha can be an old friend and all round uh, just creative genius, I reckon.
2: So we've got a fish tea, like a coconut turmeric fish broth, and then we've got fried sea bass. So I've made the broth and I've pan fried the sea bass, and then we've got pumpkin, carrots, sweet potatoes, celeriac, parsnips, plantain. How many years has Mum been feeding you? Probably since you're about seven.
4: Yeah, on that. Yeah. I I've had some very early them. memories. I remember watching you pour Coca-Cola into your chicken marinade, oh, yeah. And I remember being like, what is <laughs> happening? I remember, and I remember for years I was telling people, like, you know you can marinate chicken with Coca-Cola? Like,
2: that's mad. Do you remember the cooking lesson we had when you were young?
4: Nope.
2: I oh, taught yeah. you to make chicken burgers or something when you were about... Mate. 14 God, People would pay for that now, Jay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were really good at it. You took to it very quickly, yeah. very well.
4: I like trying things. Yeah. Yes, I like trying things. And you take a
2: information good... in, yeah. Which is we why said, what we, we, we said you do. that about you in your intro. We were like, he does. He's like a sponge. He takes it all in and then he puts it into action. I think yeah, you'd be maybe. a great
3: cook.
4: I would probably be a good cook, yeah. But I don't know that's, when that's coming. Maybe in ten very years. Not vocation.
3: When did you guys meet? What was it? Was it working together? So yeah, well, I don't think Jordan actually remembers, but oh, years fuck, ago. We were doing something for, like, children in need, I think. Oh, my so God. So, like, Ed Sheeran
4: was there. Yeah, 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 like we don't need to talk about that. No, come on, let's this doing... in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: 2005.
4: I was part of arguably the worst charity single ever recorded. Oh, really?
3: Good I don't try. remember listening to it, to
2: be fair.
4: Actually, nothing can be worse than Feed the World. It was, like, us, Labyrinth was on it, Do you remember? We didn't know what was going on. Just on the account of me and Harley, we had no idea what was going on. Yeah. We were just turning up. Like, we, was, we were just happy to be included. And we were next to, like, Chipmunk and Tinchy Strider, and we were like, woo.
3: What I'm I will say is, Harley was easier.
4: <laughs> that was such a polite way of saying that I was just fucking annoyed. No, but yeah.
2: I wanted to talk about this to Jordan because I think it's really interesting, like to be. <laughs> no, because there are quite a few people in our family that have done things that are out in the world that, that makes them well known. But. To
4: you talking be... in third person. <laughs> 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 I, <yeah.
2: laughs> I don't want to be like, me included. <laughs> but like, yeah. Okay, let's say you, that was the come up. That wasn't when it was like heightened, shit, we've made it, this is going yeah. well. That was when you knew, as you said, Aisha, something Blind was coming. Belief. So what was the feeling at that time in yeah. your life? Excitement? Or were you I
4: can't explain scared? it. I can't explain it. Like, I feel entirely detached from that human. Mm. I mean, I guess many people do as we grow up. But yeah. like... How old were you? I was like 18 to 21. I can't remember much about my body then. I can't remember like being in my body, but I can can remember some thought processes from that time. And... I do remember when we first popped off and like blew up and, and and did all these numbers. I remember thinking that this was just what that was just what it was meant to be. The fact that we tried once and it happened on our first attempt just fueled this like incessant delusion I'd had since I was like fourteen. I was suddenly like, of course. I was like, obviously. You know what? Recently as well, like about three, two, three years ago, I did an acting job. And one of the runners on the acting job was my old best friend's little brother who would, I'd be at his house with my, my, my old best mate when I was like 14. And he was like, mate, I've not seen you for like, I don't know, 10 years, right? 11 years. I used to come round Dingy's house all the time and I'd be with his little brother and I'd see you. And I was like, oh, I can't really remember it. And he said I used to rock up in this house this is when I was like 14, 15 and be like, yo, do you want to hear me rap? I'm going gonna... <laughs> to... And I was like, yo, check this out. I'm going to like, tell you what, one day I'm going to sell all this. I'm going to do this. I just apparently, I can't remember, but I just had this like delusional, like I was so sure.
2: You weren't sure. delusional. No no, delusional.
4: But you, no, no, I was. I, you have to be.
2: That's what I'm yeah, saying. But it's not delusion. This I was is what made it happen. Driven. It's driven. It's I yes, I think maybe we just what, certain people just recognize a drive in them and know that there is something that they're here to do and they yeah. need to get on with it quickly.
4: It's true, and then also I think more like existentially, I think I was trying to escape something, yeah. and I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the movement towards particular voids, whether that be like you know, drugs or attention, well, attention is a drug, I guess, but drugs in whatever form, attention being one with fame, is it's like, I know that I wanted to remove myself from those circumstances. I, want me and- I wanted me and my mum's life to be easier. I wanted to not be in Brighton. I wanted to do all these things. And I think I saw that like, oh, the response I was getting from people when I was performing, people liked me performing. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to triple down on performance right. and get myself out of this shit. That was really the the, the, the feeling.
2: Obviously, everybody around this table, I guess, would be quantified as a creative person. I guess you know? so, yeah, yeah. In your life, was that what you were headed towards? Was that a decision you made? So, or did I, think, you just fall I was going to say, it?
3: when we were just thinking about it, then I don't... I haven't met many people who have a job in the public eye who didn't somewhat quietly know that that was going to be them. And yeah, I maybe think- ask you guys as well. Like, they we had some sense that they were going to do something fairly visible. Mm. Um, mm. So I didn't necessarily know that what that was, but I knew I was unemployable in the sense that I could not work <laughs> in an office. Yeah, so I had a very clear sense of yeah. that. So it wasn't even like I don't know so much of a choice as this it was. was like, this is the only thing, the gonna- only thing yeah. that I can do. And so because I didn't give myself a choice, I just kind of moved in this direction. So I was always like quite interested in, I don't know, dressing up if you like, or kind of presenting myself in different ways. I was never like the traditional image of femininity. When I was a young person, I was like, okay, so how do I like mask this or make this call without kind of like incurring lots of insults and stuff like that. So I think it really came from there. And at the time, uh, in a lot of British black music in particular, it didn't feel to me like it had, like, very much of a look.
2: Yeah, what time is this?
3: So this is, like, 2009, 10, Yeah, eight. Things,
2: things all got a little bit homogenised.
3: Right, right. And I was thinking, like, if you think of, like, Jamaica music, you can see an image. If you think about country, there's an image. If you think about rock, there's an image. And I thought, you know, for Britain, like, if people were to think of, like, British hip-hop, or rap or so called urban music, was there a look? I don't think there was a look that was recognizable. No, this is
2: a really important time. I remember yeah, this yeah. time. Everything sort of was like looking the same. But trying to find itself, be itself. Right, right. Because there was a moment where like black British creative culture had to unhook from American mimicry. Yes. Yeah.
4: Rap just wasn't pop then. I remember, with Rizzle Kicks, we were like, we were like an anomaly. No. There were a few people knocking about Pro Green, Chipmunk did his Dizzy thing for a little bit, Dizzy, but he Dizzy like consciously crossed over, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember thinking, oh, rap is pop now. Like, rap right. is actually pop now. Now, you're, now it's, the floodgates are open, yeah. and these dons rule the roost. It mm-hmm. wasn't like that.
2: Yeah, we didn't have Skepta and Stormzy and Dave. Well, we did.
4: Skepta was making club music.
2: Skepta's an interesting story because actually when he came through (laughs) with shutdown, he says that he had been following certain rules Following certain things to wear, wearing too much designer stuff, like feeling like he had to make certain kind of music, and actually shut down was him being I feel he was kind of getting a bit close to himself and being yeah, a bit ragged. a hundred percent actually and his spirit. I
4: actually recorded a verse at his house uh, for this remix, and I remember him like at the computer and he literally explained like his entire plan it was so wild to, to see he was there like i 've been listening to um, Toro and Rat King, and they're these kind of like alternative, abstract American artists that he had been listening to, and he was like, "Yo, I love this style. I want to switch my vibe up." And he was saying what you were just saying, like, "You know, I made this, I made that, but I'm gonna strip it right back. Exactly. I'm gonna make the grime." I was, you know, he had other people, get other people sending my, get back him in my beats, right? <laughs> other people sending him beats, but he loved, like, with Rat King, he loved that stripped back performance, and yeah, he literally just did it. It was, yeah, he just did it. He released blacklisted, made the platform, and then to watch his ascent. From essentially reconnecting to his roots was really exactly, and
2: I think maybe when you are navigating a creative life, you do. I've lost my way like maybe three, maybe more. (laughs) Three, three main times. Yeah, lost my way, and actually that is. The only thing that's got me to a new place, which is like coming back to some older stuff and like remembering some older stuff. Because actually if you try and look for where you're going next in the success you're in at that time, it's not really going to lead you to that. You kind of got to get out of it again and then re-enter. I don't know. I was talking today with mum about how many different things you've done. Let's say that Rizzle Kicks was the first part of your creative public life. And what I've been very impressed by, Jay, is the fact that you've continuously evolved and just kept interesting yourself and kept doing things that were like taking you to places I didn't know you were going to go. Do you like have a plan or do you just keep rolling with what's Kind of
4: firing you up? I think I have a plan now. I think I'm, I think I'm starting to have a plan now. I guess through experience, I have started to understand how it feels to want something. Like had to feel a sense of connection from experiencing several things and then realizing, you know what I mean? It's just, you can only get that through experience. So, like, yeah. and I remember with writing, um, writing as in books or like, you know, short stories, long stories, scripts. When I got an opportunity to write a book, book, I felt this thing. And I was like, oh, I f- haven't felt that since I was younger. Right. Like, the hunger. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, I wanted to eat this thing, yeah. you know. Whereas but when I was a kid, I remember that of music. But I'm, honestly, I'm quite jaded with music. I, I don't mean to be like, you know, like a downer or anything. But I like making music and I do it as a hobby now. Uh, if I do make money for music, amazing. You know, I've got loads of, pl- I've got more musical plans for sure. I can't, I can't stop. If I could stop, I would, but I can't. I love it. I really do love it. But like, yeah, I, you know, when I was younger and that was the only thing I did, I was like, you know, every day. Every day's a grind. Every day's an opportunity. Have that explosion, deal with the repercussions, and then everything else. Yeah, I was rolling with it. Acting job, calm, like just winging it, falling forwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Presenting, all right. Presenting, I know I'm good at, and I don't even didn't even enjoy it. But then now with writing, I'm like, whoa! If I get my, if I get my mouth around writing and, and properly go for that and double down i think i actually am a good writer which is a scary thought to acknowledge and say out loud
2: writing i i was so surprised at how much i loved it yeah mm. i absolutely the meditative thing of it the kind of just the slowing down how i had to be like in myself to to find the voice that i wanted to right. explore right. was a really brilliant thing for me because i'm a bit whirling dervishy do you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, i'm just yeah, like yeah. and then i get tired and i pass out and then I get up yeah, and i do it again yeah. so it was really interesting for me to be awake
4: yeah.
2: and slow yeah and kind of quieter
4: the slow life energy i think is what i'm uh, talking about yeah. is that like you know like, i'm being realistic i need to earn my to stay alive and yeah. I, I know i can perform and that's a good thing and this is the first time i felt like no i'm gonna angle this way and if i can just do it so i got a hand in something every now and again an interesting idea story fable be it if you will
2: I think there's a moment in life when you suddenly realise you're ready to go again. Yeah. Mm. And it's a bigger voice than you. Yeah. Like when you got the bike and mum started mm. riding, cycling around the marshes and oh, she just yeah. kept saying to me, the stars are aligned, stars are aligned, something's coming There, bang, she got great British menu like a month oh, later. Oh, you felt it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was out on the bike and I went, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> Were you
3: doing public things before that then?
2: Well, yeah, so I started in music. <clears throat> she did a show called Badass TV with ice tea. Because it was like black Euro trash. It was okay, real yeah, sex, yeah. real, really sexual, sexy shit. Sexy really shit. shit. And I was like, I was at my friend's house on Friday night and it came on and everyone was like, what is this? And I was like, I know. <laughs> but I, I respect that mum, just grafted, grafted. And at that time, 30 years ago, they're not putting black women on TV. Dark black women, no mm-hmm. way. So, vanity. mum did not have it easy. And people keep saying, like, you know, uh, it's incredible to see Andy out of nowhere but have all this success. Are you kidding? It's a movable skill set. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you're coming from the place where it really means something to you and it's genuinely your truth and you're genuinely reaching into something that is in your heart, then you, it doesn't, you don't have to just do one thing. You know, you were saying you're unemployable. Yeah. I also... I'm, it's not possible for me to be employed like right. that. And also, it's not possible for me to do one thing. Mm. I've never been like, OK, this is my one thing and I just love it. So it's been everything, the writing, da- acting, kind of dancing, I suppose, singing, cooking. And to me, they're all kind of like, yes, it's like a kind of little family of things that kind of bubbles away and you kind of move from pot to pot, I suppose, and they're, 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 they've got the same fire under them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's different things bubbling all the time, because that's just how my brain works, really.
3: How big is work in your life, like? How big is work in my life? You know what, it's funny because I think earlier on you touched on something that I I think is a good uh, jumping off point. I think both of you did. So I think you said something about losing your way, you know, and I think Jordan said something also about, uh, I think, when he was explaining, you know, coming out of Rizzle Kicks and maybe, you know, everything that he's become today, you know, and that took a lot of soul searching. And so equally, I think I went on a similar journey, which is how me and Jordan linked back up four years later, when you calm down slightly. Um, and my work has changed a lot now. It's really even hard to kind of define what it is that I do. I still style from time to time, but I do loads of other things. And I think that's probably how you may be aware of me, maybe not as a stylist, but maybe... No, I
2: think of you more as a kind of, uh, uh, a sort of person who's just incredibly perceptive. You are really
3: stylish. I feel like you are just like a kind of creative hub. I think because I'm quite resistant to definition. Yes. You know, even when I was working predominantly as a stylist, I made sure I always said I work as a stylist rather than I'm a I stylist. I am a stylist, right? Yeah, and so even now with writing and other things that I do, uh, again I have the same inclination um because I think sometimes when you say I'm a stylist or I'm a writer, sometimes that can feel too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you maybe feel like you don't deserve that title or something like that. But it also can. Lock you in and make you think that's all that you are. So I don't really know what to call myself at the moment, but similar to you, what I do resonate with is I do anything that feels fun, honest, organic, but I guess the key is expression. You know, I think I really am into the idea of people just expressing uh what's true to them and i think in this particular climate at the moment that's particularly difficult so yeah i've been busy
2: it's it's funny that you say you're resistant to kind of definition because so many because so am i and i always have been and i think my generation you know we really struggled like people like me and your mum, you know jordan we were like no it doesn't matter if i'm a black woman or whatever blonde woman whatever i'm just me doing this thing it's really interesting to me that generationally people now are like like desperate for 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 labels and definitions. And so, which is, I'm like more power to you. You do whatever you need to do and it makes you feel good. But I don't want them. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, relationships. And uh, I feel like... Jordan's always been quite a a girlfriend person. Do you quite like a girlfriend? I mean, she's right. You do like A girlfriend
4: person. You know what I have realised is there haven't been many periods of time where I haven't been involved with someone. Correct.
2: Well, I remember lockdown 2020, first lockdown, March 2020, and me and Jay were talking a bit on the phone. You know, everyone's losing their mind. And I (laughs) had this, and Jay also was going through a breakup, Mm. and I had just been heartbroken. So we were just, we were like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I discovered this Zoe Kravitz, high fidelity, remake, TV show. It just filled us up. It was, it was so you, though. It was such a dissection of yeah. relationships using music and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and history, one's yeah, own history. Yeah. And I remember you said to me, I think I just want to find someone that I can dance with. Oh my God. Oh. Oh. And so I was went. like, I was was like I was like that's deep and I was like oh me too me too but then you
4: did I know I know I know I know actually I was was buzzing about that I was buzzing but
2: I think maybe I was watching
4: I was watching compilations of Jade dancing on stage going like yes it's definitely the one yeah
3: (laughs) so it's interesting that's your thing like you like people who can dance because I feel like it's a thing it's
4: not necessarily about the skill it's about the like intention and the vibe if somebody can like it's not even like dance could, could obviously with Jade she's also trained as a dancer so that's that's one thing but the dance can be just the the freedom to move
2: you were were talking about the new energy that you were looking for in someone and what you were ushering in and previously I don't think you'd ask for that kind of energy I
4: think it's very much about like for me, dance is a real point of connection. It is. Yeah. And it's like, when it's New Year's, when it's birthday, when it's anniversary, when it's whenever, I want somebody who just I can feel like I'm moving with. Because Non-verbal it's like,
2: connection oh, is yeah. one of the most important things in a relationship. Huge but you have to talk thing. to real self, yeah. but it's the stuff that you don't say that you feel exactly. that is really vitally important, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Do you
4: know what I mean? No, but I remember we actually bonded because we definitely shared a chaos energy at that point in it's our cool. lives where it was like hyper overthinking stuff. And like this, this, I felt it was a detachment between what we wanted to achieve and the obvious things we were doing to stop that from happening. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> or maybe even an idea of what we think we should want.
2: Right.
4: Maybe
3: right. in terms of like who we're dating potentially. Yeah. You know, and the sort of discrepancy between, like, maybe what we actually need. I think that's where me and Jordan were
2: at. Well, I wasn't quite there, but Jordan was. (laughs) (laughs) And it was about letting go of what
3: you think you want to get what you need. How do you feel about it? Of course, most of my relationships have been with women. So, like, sometimes, like, the way that that happens isn't generally like, um, I don't know. It's not as clear-cut, necessarily, as, like, when you're dating someone of the opposite sex. So, sometimes it's like a friend, and then all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? Like, well, we just meet up to hang out just because, you know, women do that.
4: With Jade, it was, because it was lockdown, we started off with Zoom calls. Yeah. And the Zoom calls, and I, and I was like being very, I thought, it was my, my boundary was like, I'm gonna be the weird, like, immediately quite an odd version of myself just to see if the person can cope because uh, you know so I, would, so I was doing my style of humour I was like listen we need to meet up for an incredibly important business call I need, <laughs> I need you in a suit business attire and now obviously now we're dating Jade to like express like how kind of baffling and confusing she found that as like a but yeah yeah but she was down she wanted to play and that's actually like the real a real root of our relationship foundation is like being able to play and like and we did. We turned up in Zoom did you <laughs> for the Zoom call and we had like 10 oh, questions. No. Oh, we had 10 know. questions presented for each other, which, by the way, is a good technique. I know that You should do that for end. a date, like in person. Or you can bring a book of questions okay. because it's, it's quite interesting knowing how, what, the, what questions the person asks you. What this do thing. they want to know? Yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. So like one of Jay's questions was, do you clap when the plane lands?
2: Oh my god! I
3: can't
2: date someone that does. Yeah, it's a deal
3: breaker. Of course I don't. Oh my god! Because they were like, we made it. I'm like, I I mean, but at the same time, I mean, you do
4: understand why people clap. You do (laughs) understand.
3: I mean, I don't do it, but I mean, when we think about it, it's maybe worth the clap.
2: Have you got any relationship love longevity advice to us three younger people? I mean, somebody said to me, "Oh, you've been with Garth for 28 years. It's so lovely. It's so romantic." And I was like. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because, I mean, love. I love him, but, you know, it's not easy being with someone for 28 years. And they said, what is your... What would you say? What You know, to give somebody, like, a little snapshot of your relationship. And I was like, I just want him to get his own stuff. Stop touching my stuff. Right. It's like, that's my fucking newspaper. Get your own mm-hmm. newspaper. Because you have to... And I suppose that is really a metaphor mm-hmm. for the whole thing. It's like, in a, in a relationship, you have to keep your own life. Mm-hmm. And you have to have your own needs and goals and yes, desires. Yes, you can't be... Expecting, and that's not what, that's what our relationship's for. They're not there to make you have a path. They're not there to give you desire or, or purpose or ambition or, you know, whatever it is that lights up your heart. You have to do that for yourself. You've got to remain an independent individual mm. who is following their own path. And then when it's two of you doing that, that's the beauty and that's joyful and that's wonderful. But yeah. I think when you're younger, you... Ex- you think you're going to meet someone, fall in love with them, and then everything's going to be fine. It's like, no, all that's going to do, if you don't know where you're going, is open up a whole can of whoop-ass. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
3: You know sure. what I mean? That's good advice, man. You know what I've been hearing recently? There's this idea called big romance. This idea that your partner needs to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, whereas, no, what you need is someone who's going to show up. Someone who's yes. going to drive you to the hospital if you need a hospital. Someone dependable partner, and things like yeah. that. Kind.
2: kind.
3: You need someone kind. Someone
2: right. who makes you feel safe. Garfield yeah. is the kindest person I've- yeah. I know. It's the I heart. Mean, he's- that's kind of what made me fall in love with them. It's what keeps me in love with them. It's what keeps me in a relationship. It's this
3: kind, good right. person. And that especially. doesn't mean there's always going to be the warm fuzzy thing there sometimes. No. I imagine that's not.
2: Everything changes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are or, or how physically able you are, like it all changes. And what is left is our hearts and our, and our intent and mm-hmm. our souls. And I never knew that's what you were meant to look for in a partner, ever. I didn't know I had to think about what kind of heart they had and like their intent as a person. And now I've realised how like Massively. sexy and attractive it can be, the goodness in True someone. True beauty. The goodness yeah. of someone. True
4: beauty is, 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 is their heart. It's like it's It's their heart, it's where their, yeah, where their intentions lie.
2: Do you want to have babies?
4: I've explored both concepts with, with Jade. It's funny because I almost want to skip the dad bit and just be a granddad, though. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, that's where you, uh, you just get to step in. To and then you places. get to give them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. We'll yeah, see. Do careful. you think you'd be a good mum? Well,
2: I, oh. I would really like to have children. And what I found really funny is how quickly that this window of getting on with it happens and then Nine. starts closing. <laughs> <laughs> like I only just turned 39 and I have to be honest, it's been quite intense. I was like, what is this feeling? And it was like, oh, I think this is what a midlife biological crisis is. Clock. It's a biological clock and also mortality. It's very emotional. You suddenly realise that you are not invincible mm. and that you yeah. are not going to be young again. That was a big thing for me because I've always sort of been so ridiculously young and it been so celebrated what I was doing as such a young person, then going away and then coming back and still being kind of young, and then going away and coming back and still being kind of young. I'm not going to be young after I turn 40. You just yeah, aren't. Yeah, yeah. I will still live, like, with all the energy I have, and I, I feel like the youngest but I've felt in a long a time, kids. but I'm not a kid anymore. And that was, like, intense for me. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And the fact that you can't control it. Um, I would love to have kids, but to be honest, I think for me, kids is what I would like to experience in my 40s. My career is like number one in my life and always has been. Um, But I think that's something I need to work on and allow that to not be the number one thing in my life Mm. in the new decade. But now I'm just so focused on work. So family... When you, th- when you think of family, what is family? Because we have a really broad... I have a very broad idea and concept of family. When I think of family, like, you know, Jordan's my nephew, you come in more than three or four times, you become a niece or a nephew, as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what I mean? So, what is your family like that? Do you think about family in those kind of big...
3: Are they all curves? here? Are they in London? No, it's a weird one. So, in some ways, I'm an only child. So, I grew up with my mum. I'm my mother's only child. And that's how I grew up. But my dad, who um, lived in Nigeria when I was growing up, he has five other sons. And so I didn't really ever grow up with them. Um, at 16, one of them came into my life and lived with me and my mum for a bit. But yeah, I've always kind of seen myself as having a, a relatively yeah. small family in that sense. But, you know, because I'm Nigerian, you know, anyone like, you know, I still haven't called you by your first name. If my mum was here. She'd be looking at me sideways like, like who are you talking, talking to? to? Where's, your <laughs> Where's your home training? <laughs> Why? Sorry, would she be auntie? Yeah, she'd be be auntie. Oh, right, right. I like it. So in that sense, I, I think maybe because I've always been uh, a little bit of an old soul, I've always felt a connection to like... Um, people who could, you know, be around my mother's age, potentially. So I feel an instant kind of family and a sort of, um, I don't know, I'm less self-conscious, I think, you know, around people who are like, yeah, old enough to have had me. And so, yeah, I do, I think, feel a, fa- a sense of family there, I think, Yeah. Um, What about you, Jay?
4: Only child most of my life. And I think my family has always kind of been found. As I've got older, I've realised that the people I feel like this kind of deeper connection with is literally been based off of time and consistency over time. Mm. It's just, there's certain people now, now I've kind of turned 30, I see them and I'm like, oh, like they just feel like family. I don't even have to see them again. There's like some musicians actually who I like say like came up with when I was like 19 and I like see them like once a year but now I see them at 30 and I'm like oh no you're like I know I can ring you and and it will be good but we don't necessarily hang out you know but then I also found that a part of me in my 20s was constantly looking for family and then every time I found a family I would not have any fucking idea how to maintain it I just didn't know what I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know. I mean, a couple of friendships in my mid 20s, I was literally trying to like buy the friends. I remember like one person I got really close to, she was a super talented musician. And like I, uh, she, and she felt like a sister for a long time. I remember one of the, the, the beginnings of us falling out was because I was so like overwhelmed by, by this kind of new family, genuinely like a, new, like a sister, that I tried to pay for her oyster for an entire year. Like, <laughs> Because she couldn't get to sessions, like she couldn't, she couldn't afford to get I to these sessions. So hard. I was like, I'll pay for your travel all year. But she, what I didn't realize I'd done, is she had boundary issues yeah. from the reverse. So she thought I was trying to control her travel or something. And it was like this horrendous, and that built up into us falling out because that was, I guess, from her perspective, a control issue on my part. But mine might have been rooted in a control thing. But what I was trying to control was please be my family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just love me. Yeah. But I think it takes a minute to really look after relationships. Like, I, I've actually found some notes that I'd written in 2017, and one of the things I said I was gonna do was like take care of the relationships in my life that I just don't look after. And I was like, oh, I actually did that. Of all the things I said I get, I did that one. And that took commitment and experience. Do you go out for dinner much? I do, yeah. Do you get dressed? No. Oh, because oh, I quite like dressing like up Like fancy, like
4: having a business meeting on a Zoom.
2: Well, I very much enjoy inhabiting the brief of the exact event. So it's like work meeting. Okay, Or like dinner with old friends. Or like dinner with Phoebe. Like, I definitely need that to decide what I'm going to wear.
4: Right.
2: I need the kind of brief.
4: I think there's something cute about like a couple going, you know what, let's dress up and go to a thing. I, I get that. Do you do uh, it? No, we haven't done it that often. That's not, not our vibe. Similarly, I would also maybe suggest like a different style of theme. Like we all have to go in like solid orange. Do you know what I mean? Or like, or we'd have to go in like jumpsuits or, or both dresses as really characters. No, it's just like me, no. Partner. Just for you and Jen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go for, out for dinner, but no, I never dress up. Anymore. What's fancy do you?
2: you have to do things Maybe like the BAFTAs sure. and I saw it at the Royal Television Society Awards I did
4: do that and so but that was, that was a suit and t-shirt and a vest suit and vest I'll go to the suit that was a wicked suit that I borrowed that Philip K, K. Mm-hmm. it was really nice I and well then you, you put I was something pinstripe.
2: under it that's like chill just a little vest so you yeah. feel like you still. listen
4: I will not be okay listen this is one thing I will say and and I don't know if this will change but this is how I feel I'm very strongly will never be seen in black tie like and I mean as in the full black tie yeah. tuxedo there's something that makes me feel, like, viscerally angry about bow ties. Mm,
3: bow ties. I think maybe what it represents. Yo, it may represent... yo,
4: it's, it's because I've been into a couple of rooms where everyone's okay, wearing black wow, tie okay. and I just feel angry. Do My you God. think
3: it's because it
2: stops one being able to be an individual whenever everyone's stressed is, the same? This
4: is something I need to unpack myself. For me, there's something like... There's a uniform and like an, a predated idea of what's considered to be smart, which I don't yeah. like where it's come from. I don't like. It's very that restrictive. A bow tie it's very restrictive you, for men. Do you know what I mean? You see these events and women can do whatever they want, all the colours, all the fits, all the styles, and these guys are just in these fucking Same. tuxedos looking like penguins. I'm not Same. interested, bruv. But people can look great in a tuxedo. Yeah. That's not to say you can't have a good one, but I don't think you'll see me in one.
3: I think there should be more flexibility at this point. So even if it is black and white, just you should be able to kind of do what you want Rat as a man on.
2: Yeah. I mean, I yeah, just, yeah. I find how kind of regimented people are about who's meant to wear what quite odd. Yeah, no, because no. I kind of go up at a time where everybody was wearing exactly what they wanted. My brother wore all my clothes all the time. Yeah, right, we wore each other's yeah. shit. We just did it, yeah. do you know what I mean? But it didn't have a name.
4: It yeah. wasn't called
2: gender fluidity. Yeah, it wasn't called yeah, that yeah, stuff.
3: Yeah. It's just, just what you wanted to wear.
2: Just yeah. wear whatever you want to wear, do you know what I mean? What's fancy to you? Because, I mean, it's and it's your, it's, your, it's been your work as well.
3: Yeah, and it's been a weird one because, like, I don't really, like, generally, if there's, like, a... If there's a dress code, I'm not going because I kind of like to kind of be me. I don't understand why I have to. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand. My brain doesn't compute necessarily. I, I mean, I think I understand, but it doesn't feel right. So I don't know. I don't. What is fancy to me? Do you dress up for Christmas Day? No, no, I don't. Oh, um, for fuck's sake. To be fair, I've spent a lot of Christmases recently, like on a plane. I generally go away on Christmas. On Christmas Day? Well, what a cheap fly. You know, no one's really on it. Um, So, no, I haven't dressed up for Christmas for a long time.
2: I I dress up on Christmas Day, actually. I I will do all that cooking, then I go and I put on my Christmas thing, whatever it is. This is quite recent for us. We did quite a lot of tracksuit Christmases. Mm -hmm. I just love clothes and I love Mm -hmm. getting dressed and I love thinking
3: about why I'm getting dressed and what for and letting that like, lead me somewhere. There is a lot of joy, like, and I think I do recognize that like, I'm more inclined to want to go out the house if I like my outfit. Yeah, yes. It's the thing that gets me out, really. What do you
2: start with, what you feel like or what you're gonna put on? Do you think, I'm gonna wear that
3: thing? No, you? I have an idea of like, what am I trying to give today? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do I want people to feel? The energy. Yeah, you know? And then I kind of start from there. So I'm in the shower, so it happens in the shower. I curate the outfit whilst I'm in the shower. Jo- generally start cool. with the bottoms. You know, and kind of work from there. Yeah,
4: yeah. See, I only, the only time I think in my head... I, I love just throwing stuff on and seeing if it works. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, the only time in my head where I've ever been like, I must wear this in order to engage, is when I've, like, wanted to write that day. I'll, I'll cosplay in my head as someone who's going through some kind of, like, yeah. high, <laughs> over-romantic breakdown. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll literally... I, I like I'll turn up to a pub in like a dressing gown.
1: Do
4: you know what I mean? And then I just and people are like what are you doing? I was like give me a second I just need to write down. I'm writing down I'm clearly writing a novel. Shut up. Do you know what I mean? I remember, actually, I had like a, I had, I remember, I I had like a, uh, I've got like a corduroy two-piece suit thing, again, which I haven't worn with a shirt, but it's, it's so loose fitting that again, if I stick on like a baggy vintage t-shirt or something, and I'm just kind of look a bit rough, put on some sunglasses, I'm just like, like let, let me, let me engage with this manuscript in peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, let me edit this slowly and let me have,
2: do
4: you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs)
2: That is so method. If De Niro, if De Niro wrote books, this is the route he'd take.
4: One time I remember going, I remember like going to Paris and being like, Oh, I was in Paris, and I was like, No way, I am Paris. <laughs> and, and then, and then I instantly wore pinstripe, instantly wore brogues, and just stood on the corner smoking.
3: Every time I tell you I want to stop smoking, you're like, Yeah, but you're a writer. No, but
4: I'm you a just writer. Did you say that? you say that to me. Yeah, but don't Do you, don't, don't me remind else. me. Don't remind me. Don't remind me of it. <laughs> I said that when I smoked to make me myself feel better.
2: Did you like your dinner?
4: I just, I've always loved your cooking, Andy, and I feel actually privileged to 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 have a meal of yours now. I don't know, I don't get it actually that often, even no. though you do own a restaurant. Neither
2: do I. <laughs> Not many people get her food anymore. She's too busy. It, it's, it's, I can't tell you how lovely it is to meet you. Yeah, you too.
3: It's I'm been so such a pleasure. And you, I've actually, I've grown up watching you. So oh. yeah, for this to kind of come full circle, like, it's incredible.
2: hearing Jordan talk about Jade like that. oh my God you'd see his face he went red I know he's so, he went red, didn't he? I know he's so like it's like like properly loved up in in a really in fact I think probably the healthiest way i've ever seen it like the happiest and healthiest and most balanced and it's um, lovely to see him in love and actually he's just been in a good place for a really long time now and he just keeps kind of going to kind of evolving and was he as you expected him to be today he was actually kind of seemed more jovial, warm and... Well, I think he just feels so safe with us, he just does. Yeah, it was lovely. Reverting back to being nine-year-old Jordan. It's quite interesting seeing him be not just a grown-up, but in his 30s Mm. and kind of become a man. Yeah, yeah. And what that's kind of starting to look like and all the different ways it's looking. Um, And and then to meet Aisha, her energy is really, really easy. And I find her... Intellect. I find the way her mind works really attractive and compelling. You just want to ask her stuff. I'm like, and what do you think about that? And her writing's like that. Well, you know, this children's kind of always been around the edges of him. But it's like he's kind of become the best possible version of himself. But it's really lovely when you see somebody reach the, into their potential, all the things you hope for them, all the things you want for them to be able to harness as they get older... Jordan has absolutely done that. He's become the best possible version of himself and it's really good to see that, actually. Yeah. You know, the thing about Jordan when he was really young, he had bravado, yes. braggadocio, but he wasn't really very confident at all and it wasn't rooted in anything. So he, that's, why he, that's why Aisha described him as bouncing off the walls because he never could settle. So feeling him settle is just a very nice thing for an auntie to see. Him and Aisha have a nice relationship. Yeah, I didn't know she'd known him that long. I didn't know she knew that, Jordan. Yeah, the yeah, she, does, she knows him Jordan. quite well, that you could yes. tell, that she's like, yeah, yeah, leave me alone, Jordan. But Jordan does keep good women around him. He does, because his mother is a good woman. Because of her. So he grew up with, like, you know, very strong female energy around him. That's what he seems to be claiming in his own life, and he deserves it, it's good. But I like their balance, I like their kind of camaraderie and, like, their creative appreciation... Of each, of each other's work. I think having someone else like that who's encouraging you when your confidence is low and all of those things happen, it's really important to have people like that. God, I love Jordan, and I'm yeah. really very keen on Aisha. I'm very keen on Aisha. She's fantastic. And, and I love this idea of saying, we're going to share food with people, we're going to share our home with people that we love and people that we want to talk to, but also bring someone that we didn't know we yeah. were going to love and get to talk to her. and that's really just a, an example of our life people coming in, in sitting around a table with us and then we're never she, we're never going to let her go now no, she's no. In. In she's, the fold. She's, she's, she's excellent. Mm. I want to keep her. Can I keep her? Yeah, you can keep her because that's kind of really nice example of like, ooh, who, how, how this gonna, can work. And who else are we going to meet mm. that we didn't know we were going to meet? And it really does mean that when the person comes, the, the, the initial, the primary guest, if you will, <laughs> when the primary guest has no, but it, you get off that, you get to talk about everything because they've got a mate there. Yes, he, Jordan was more relaxed because if we weren't interviewing Jordan. Yeah. They were both round for dinner. Yes, that was what the difference was. I think also feeding people is just like, I don't know, it's like, we give you food, you tell us your stories. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I'm not sure that person (laughs) you just said. No, but I feel like that's how I felt. I was like, come in, come to the safety, here is food, here is nourishment, Mm. now we share.